Steve, this is going to be an, an interesting episode of our weekly or semi-weekly podcast, I have a feeling. We have been interrupted by me not knowing where my mic and headphone is, somebody at your doorbell, and probably the dogs barking throughout the next 35 or so minutes. Are you excited? I'm thrilled. This is this is the most friendly, accessible podcast in the world. It's not perfection. It's just two guys talking. That's that's right. It's just two guys talking. This week on Two Guys Talking. That's probably somebody's podcast. We better that watch that. That is probably somebody's podcast. We might get sued um, with all of our millions of dollars we're making off of this podcast. Um. Okay. Normally, I say this is the stuff Summer says podcast with Steve. Steve. There we go. Um, yes. Hello. Happy first day of August to you, Steve, and everybody else listening, which by the time you listen to it, won't be the first day of August. It'll be like maybe the second or third day of August. Um, we've got a great show that Steve, Steve has scripted the whole show tonight. He is, he is running the ship tonight. Um, so I'm excited. I am excited about that. Um, I don't have any other random musings right now um steve's steve's rocking a, a nice muscle shirt today gotta, gotta put the guns away it's a gun show yeah that's yeah. what it is sure yeah. yeah yeah um but uh other than that it might be hard for me to focus with the with the gun show over here uh but other than that you ready yes sir um steve as the docs go sprinting by steve uh you texted me and uh, about something that I was actually going to text you about because I was getting annoyed with it and I've been annoyed with it for the past umpteen years now. Um, and it relates to Penn State football. And this is a, it's the first day of August. So we're going to talk more football, it's a good problem. But the thing that I got annoyed by is this problem, air quotes, that Penn State football keeps having that you also get annoyed by is Penn State opening the, the Big Ten schedule on the road. Who the hell cares? That is that is my spicy hot take on that situation. It came up with Pat Kraft at uh, Big Ten Media Day. He basically says, yeah, I need to talk to some people about that because it's ridiculous. I don't know why it's a story. It's been a story for the last however many years. I think, if I remember correctly, the COVID year, it was supposed to not be that case, which... If I remember correctly, it ended up being the case. Yes, because they played. That was the year that they played Indiana on the road. And we won't talk about that game. <laughs> um, but basically, Steve, you echoed the same sentence. What are your thoughts on it? Like, why do you think people even talk about this or care? I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm a little surprised you agree with me. I guess we didn't talk about that beforehand. So that's interesting to me. Um, I, I don't know why it's a story. I just. It'd be different to me. I could get upset about the schedule if they played more games on the road overall in the whole season, right? If, Oh, God forbid, Penn state has one hand tied behind its back and has to play more road games or has to play uphill. I mean, but so you're open on the road, the schedule is the schedule. And I get the math. Yes. It's, it, it does seem unlikely mathematically that Penn state's been on the road to open as many years as it has. Okay. So what? Play the games. You're not losing any revenue. It's not one less game at your stadium. It's not like this team travels by, you know, horse and carriage to these games. I mean, it's not. I just I don't understand the infatuation with the story. It just make it makes no sense to me. It just doesn't. 
the bigger story here is the, the interesting fact that Penn State is is opening the season with back-to-back uh, conference games. Like, or I'm sorry, it's opening two seasons with back with a conference game in each season. I guess it's the better way to say that. But yeah, I, I I just don't think it matters. I think I would agree with you even if Penn State was a a six home game, six away game school, which they're not. I, I think that then you know maybe they, you've got a case if if Penn State was everything else, but that was different. I think then sure you can grumble and gripe about it. But number one, you open the season on a Thursday this year. And so you play at Purdue, a team that you should beat. I don't think it's going to be an easy game, but it's a team that you should beat. So now you have, you get back to State College late Friday or late, early Friday morning, right? So now you have all of Saturday to rest up, all of Sunday to really rest up, plus really all of Friday to rest up. It's a benefit to you there. Um, And then, you know, you've got, like, I just, it doesn't matter to me. Like, and and for however many years there for a while, Penn State had three non-conference games at home every year. Like this, the, the, the requiring of another power five school is relatively new. I think since maybe I graduated, I think the, the pit year, the first year that Penn State played at Pitt in 2016, since things got reunited there, that was the first year of this. And I, to me, it's, I, I don't see a problem with it. Like, like you said, like these are very well taken care of athletes. It's not like that. You said that it's not like they're saying it's the super eight in West Lafayette. It's not like they're not, they were flying you know, with a couple stopovers, wherever it may be. It's a direct flight. It, I, I think we're making something out of nothing as we sit here and spend five minutes talking about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the, the program talks all the time about the controllables and the things they want to prepare for and whatever else and famously scouting hotels the summer before and visiting them all and making sure. So in theory, there's a plan for this. I mean, you know, we know what time we're going to wake up on game day. We know how we're going to get there. We know how we're going to. So I don't know what the we are that they're complaining about. Like, it just, it's a game. It's on the schedule. You play it. Yes, I understand. It, it seems over a period of 20 years, perhaps you'd have more, a few more games that open the conference season at home than on the road. But okay, you're also an attraction. You're also a team that, that, that the conference wants to put out there. Now, you're not Ohio State or Michigan. And somebody say, well, they're not making Ohio State or Michigan do this. Okay, so what? You're not you're not them right now. Go take the national game on a Thursday night. Beat Purdue under the lights in a national audience, and all of a sudden, you're the flavor of the next 24 hours in the news cycle if you do something good. And the same thing with Illinois a couple of years ago on a Friday night and whatever else. Be the team that people want to play that draws fans. It's exciting for fans to go to these places. It's fun for fans to go to these places. Your fans are going to travel. Go win the game, play the game, win the game, and enjoy the extra days to prepare for the next game at home. Yeah, and let's look at some of the games that are on there um, that that first night. The only game that is of mild interest to me, and this is coming as a Penn State fan, is the West Virginia Pitt game. Like, that's going to be the game that kind of goes head-to-head, but even there's a staggered start between that game starting at 7 and the Penn State game starting at 8 in Eastern time. I mean, you've got... SC State at UCF, you've got VMI at Wake Forest, you've got Louisiana Tech at Missouri, Portland at San Jose State. Like, 
you are going to be what people turn on, turn on and watch on that on September 1st. Like embrace it. Right. And I think it's your biggest media partner. Who's going to yeah. love promoting the game? Yeah. Who's going to, who is going to drill that through every baseball game, every, anything that you watch over on the, any of the Fox networks over the next probably month, probably starting here in a week or so. I, like I said, I, I think I agree with you that who cares? Like, I, I think even, and, and to me, like, as a fan, I don't know, kind of don't mind it because then I get to know a little bit more about my team. Like, you, you know, they have to go to a hostile environment and have to think a little bit as opposed to the dog, dog barks for its barking. Marty's, or Marty, no, hostile Marty. environment, baby. Bolt is fired up about it. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think, I think it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I don't think it makes any sense. Do you think that, let me ask you this though. Do you have a bigger, would you have a bigger problem with it? I don't think we'd be talking about this. I don't think we'd be talking about this if week one wasn't a big 10 opponent. If it was another opponent, I, I think we wouldn't be talking about this. Anymore. Oh no, it's all, it's all about that. That's the news story, right? Is that the big 10 keeps making them open the conference season on the road. And, yeah. and again, I, I, I just don't, it'd be different if the Big Ten was making them play one more game than everybody else each season. They're not. They're playing the same number of conference games as anybody else. The first one just happens to be on the road. And it's not like I'd be interested to know in how many of those games through the years, because people share the list, some media that dutifully share the list from media days because nothing else comes out at that time. It's that was newsworthy. Were, how many of those games were they favorited? A lot of them, right? So again, do your job, play some football, and it, it's really not a thing to me, but I I'm amazed. I, I did a little bit of social trolling and people are like, oh yeah, go fight for us, AD. Give it to them. Nobody has had our back. Nobody's standing up for us. And I'm, I, I, I just don't see it. I, I don't understand, you yeah. know? No. Yeah. hundred percent. Really hundred percent. All right. Um, anything else you want to say about that aspect? Of- no, we've beaten up that no news story a lot. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll move on. Uh, moving on to other no no news stories. Big Ten Media Days also happened recently, and I don't know about you, but I thought this was the most boring Big Ten Media Day ever. I there I went today back today because I was like I feel like I missed something. Like I feel like there should have been more. There was nothing. There has been no content about that. That's not a harp on any writer. There just was nothing interesting out of these Big Ten Media Days. I feel like maybe some years there usually is a little bit more. I kind of think the conference would have leaned a little bit more into the whole USC UCLA thing. Um, it seems like the Pac-12 had a bigger issue with that. Those were the stories I actually read more of: was the Pac-12 people complaining about USC and UCLA even dare showing up at their their own media day right now. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I did it feel like? I mean, who knows? Maybe we had this conversation last year, but did we? Did you feel like it was a less of a buzz this year? There wasn't, they had nothing, nothing really ever comes out of them, but I'm just consistently amazed. I'm consistently amazed that news organizations send people out there when nothing's going to happen. You know, it's one thing for students to go out there and, and from different schools. And there was the, the girl, young reporter from Indiana who was asking everybody about their game against Indiana, which is the only time she's going to get to ask the question. So God bless her for doing it then. But everybody else that's a regular beat reporter is playing it close to the vest. They're not asking any question they want to share with a bigger group 
in that setting. They know there's nothing newsworthy going to come out of there. But this is also the first time they've seen Coach Franklin in a few weeks. Uh, you know, it just it just feels like everybody kind of goes there and okay, this is the official start of the season. But if there's no news that's generated, and nobody really wants to to try to ask anything that's going to create news because it'll create news for somebody else as well as them. I feel like there were less people there this year in terms of people tweeting from it that I follow, which I follow a decent majority of the, the Penn State beat and a decent majority of national college football writers. And there wasn't a lot of traction about it. And I thought that was interesting. Like, I think the other thing for me was there, there's usually like a little bit of fanfare and hype bleeding into the, the Big Ten media days. And maybe it's just because I haven't been watching as much TV because I don't watch as much TV during this time of the year. I didn't see any commercials. I didn't see any like promoted ads, anything really for it other than just, hey, this is happening today, by the way. It's, it's a thing. Yeah, and it's it's one of those overproduced, you know, now someone has worked, who's worked for college who creates employees to work these kind of events and, and, and create these kind of events. But that overproduced thing where we have the staged handshake with the coach before he comes out, the introduction from the commissioner who may or may not know any of these coaches ever, by the way, he did the introductions of them. The, the brief little part of their fight song, we get some pictures, they talk for 10 minutes that don't say a darn thing. And it's just, it's, yeah. it's just a whole lot of something that's not a lot of anything, which is, I'm sure why some people didn't travel and do it too. So. Right. Like, what are you going to learn in those 10 minutes? To me, the only interesting part that came out of it was Kevin Warren talking. Like, I think that was, the only semi-interesting thing. There's not really a whole lot other than maybe PJ Mustafer's fine that was of note or interesting to me coming out of the Penn State perspective. Um, and I and it's probably that way for every school, realistically yeah, for the BIH. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think maybe I believe within the next couple of days, usually today was the first day of camp or report day of camp. I think there's a there's a Penn State media day. I got an email about it uh, coming up soon. So there's usually something that comes out of that. There's usually a lengthier interview with James Franklin or press conference, I guess I should say. Usually the players have something to say. Usually you hear from some players you don't necessarily always get to hear from. Um, so I'm excited about that. But I I think to me the bigger story was was the Pac-12 commissioner just kind of going off the whole weekend about. USC and UCLA, he said that he thinks that they're already regretting leaving and gave us the company line of we're doing this for the student athletes and not for the money. And I rolled my eyes very hard because they've allegedly been trying to get with the, the Big 12 so that they can save face on their conference and have a couple half decent teams. Um, I To me, it just sounded like it was a, it was the boat was starting to sink and they were using a, a five gallon bucket when the ocean water was roaring in the Titanic. Yeah. And that'll be uncomfortably fun like from afar for like another year or so for that too. Right. Like next yeah. year is going to be just as bad. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Next year is probably going to be worse because right next year will be the last year that they're in the conference. And, and so in, in a weird way, like I either want to see UCLA and USC either just dominate that conference or just, do terrible in that conference just like either either way is great great comedy i think is my my hot take we'll see what happens it, it, it'll be fun to see how it plays out i, I don't think they're going to be bad so well i don't think usc is going to be bad yeah no usc is going to be 
they're going to be fine. But I think UCLA is going to be not great. Um, who knows? Maybe the time, by the time Penn State rolls around, they'll have a football coach. Um, Steve, are you excited for football season? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like football season. I like I like what's going to happen this year. I mean, I'm excited for Saturdays, as always. Yeah, I I have finally started to allow my brain to start thinking about football more. Like I I try not to, because I feel that I get too excited and then I hype it up in my head. If I like in May through now, I'm like football, 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 and then it gets here. I'm like, yeah, yeah football's here. But I I am I'm excited. I may or may not have what recently watched a CFL game just to kind of. Get some. some You're the taste. second person who's told me that in the past two days. I, I love Canadian football. I think it is so much more fun than American football. Not, not really, but kind of. Like, I think it's just the absurdity you, of it all is, is great. Did you see Tommy Stevens had an attempt? Yes, I did. I did. He, I he been, told me if the guy could have caught the pass, it should have been a touchdown. I didn't I, see the game, but I said, I, I saw a, a completion. He said, yeah, it should have been a touchdown if the guy could catch the ball. I was checking some stats. And I did happen to take a deep dive on Tommy Stevens. Also, um, also in the league, Michael Connor. Remember him? Mm-hmm. The backup there for for a while. Yep. He plays for the BC team. He went on to I believe he went on to win like their version of Canada's version of a national title. Um, oh, okay. After, like, he transferred from Penn State out to yep. that school. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that we should talk about that wasn't on the script, but I think a lot of people have been talking about on my Twitter timeline, um, Steelers training camp opened, and there's definitely a different feel to it now that fans are back there. And I think it was one of those events that I didn't realize how important fans were at, that now I'm like, yeah, I appreciate that. And I think that was maybe one of those COVID, uh, I appreciate this type thing. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I mean, in tra- training camp's been fun. I mean, through the years for me, I, you know, I went when I first worked in Pittsburgh in the summer, I worked for the Pirates in the what 90s, early 90s, late 89, 90, drove to Latrobe in a day and, and took in camp. And um, I think the girls have been there. Students been there. They, they used to have a women, they still do have a women's training camp, which at the time was like the best bargain in the world. You paid like 40 bucks. I'm sure it's more now. And you were on the field all day and they fed you breakfast and lunch and you got, you got individual drills with like Steelers legends and kind of run through stuff. Um, so I have a special place in my heart for Steelers training camp. It's it's, and I'm, I'm not alone. Like it's a Western pencil. Like there's traffic on route 30 backs up. Like it's a, it's a cool thing. And I'm glad it's back. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been in a while, probably since I was a kid. Um, but I always, that was always a fun week or fun day when you would, get to go over there and you pack a cooler and they had like all the little things for kids to play in like inflatable football dudes that you could tackle and stuff like that yeah. um and it was like it was a very cool opportunity to get that close to people that it's kind of hard to get that access to and i don't, I don't know what it's like now um but to me like that was kind of a neat experience especially as a kid like i mean got to meet jerome bettis and big ben and, and some of those other other guys um you know of that era that otherwise probably wouldn't have gotten to meet. although i think we've talked about this before do you remember the the steelers basketball games that used to happen in yeah, yeah, yeah. those were fun though i remember there were a couple of those that i went to as a kid um but those were fun 
Yeah, I think training camp's one of those things. It's kind of a little bit like minor league baseball when it started. It's gotten a little more polished now and a little mm-hmm. more presented and a little more controlled. But even still, like I said, it's it's, it's a, just another point of access that's I think good for the organization, this organization in Pittsburgh to do, and organizations across the country to do in the ways they do them. Anything else you want to add? No, sir. What is the Hall of Fame game? Let me me Google this. It's a Thursday night. Two weeks? Should be soon, right? It is is this Thursday, Steve. It's this Thursday. It's in a couple days. Probably the day you listen to this podcast. So Probably. Finish with the podcast, turn on the TV, check out the new broadcasting crew doing their first game. Oh, I totally forgot. Who is the new breast? Oh, right. Tariko and Chris Collins. Excited. You're excited. We're all excited. Oh, and Melissa Stark is doing um, doing the sideline opening now. That's right. Um, the Jags and the Raiders. Let me tell you what. Whew. I'm High quality football there. I'm excited. All right. If you're a Jacksonville fan, it's got to be better than it's been the past when it was last year. So come on. That'd be, that's good for them. Optimism. Good for you, Jacksonville fans. All one of you that probably listen to this podcast. I don't know a Jaguars fan. I don't think I do. Do you? Like, they're one of the sports fan bases that I don't yeah, know. I don't I know. know. Yeah, I may not. I'll think about it. Maybe we can think of one before the show's over. I don't know, though. Hmm. Uh, I can't think of one. No. All right. Moving on. Um there's something in the sports media landscape that we haven't talked about yet, surprisingly, although we don't talk about the sport very often because I do like golf, but I, I like golf, but I don't like really consuming golf. Um, that is the live LIV. Is that, is that how it's pronounced live? I think they've been on live, but I don't care. Live? Yeah. Wow. Steve doesn't care. Well, I mean, I know it exists, but. Um, yeah, so here's the two-second synopsis. Um, well, it's a little longer than two seconds, but basically a group of Saudi or Saudi people wanted to invest and create a new golf league, and they're throwing a significant portion of money to try to get people away from the PGA Tour. And not only are they taking people that uh, are that golf they're also taking people that talk about sports on tv uh they took i believe they took arlo white who is the main um premier league announcer Uh, it's a soccer thing steve that's back this weekend you're excited um they also took david Faraday, i believe um they're for trying to take charles barkley and that was kind of one of your points that you, you had brought up i don't know i can i there were a couple summers that i was into golf but it was still like pretty much only the majors. I will tune in and watch occasionally the majors. But if there's two golf leagues and I'm struggling to watch two football leagues in this country, I'm going to really struggle to watch two golf leagues, even if this one has teams and relegation and promotion, which is very odd to me that this has relegation and promotion when it's targeted towards Americans. And yet, most Americans don't understand the concept of promotion and relegation. Well, and most of the contracts for the golfers I thought were guaranteed. So I don't understand how that works. Right. So, you, okay. Relegate me, but you're still, there's still the same numbers on the paycheck. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, 
you know, there's the, there's all the politics of it, which, you know, there would probably be one reason, you know, probably wouldn't be right to support it and watch it and whatever else, but you can't watch it as it is. Um, I don't know how to watch it. I literally right. do not know how to watch it. Somebody, I, I, if somebody tells me how to watch it, I might turn it on just so that I can say that I turned it on because I don't right. know how to watch it. I mean, from a sports broadcasting standpoint, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss Faraday. Like, I think he was a really good interview. I liked his TV show. Not that's what he did. I liked him on the golf course. He seemed approachable. He seemed genuine. He was funny. Um, and he was good for golf and did a lot of, of events around PGA events, his, his comedy shows and stuff around PGA events and big, big events. So, you know, good for him and getting the money. I mean, I thought what Charles Barkley said about, you know, at some point we're all taking blood money in pro sports was, was interesting when, when he was talking about whether or not he was going to do it. But he, the, the announcers aren't going to make me watch golf or really any sport. I mean, I'm going to watch for my team and I'm going to watch if I'm interested. I may tune out a little bit or find a different way to get the stuff if I don't like the announcer. But that's that's a that's a lot of work, too. I just want to watch the game. Um, but I'm not inclined. I'm not desperately seeking more golf coverage in my life. Although it's funny, you know, somebody like Tony Finau has won two in a row now because a bunch of other golfers are no longer on the PGA Tour. So good for him. And we'll see how that plays out with attendance and whatever else for the PGA events as the season winds down. Just like I said, like if I can't get excited about two, barely can get excited about two football leagues. I am barely going to get excited about two golf leagues. Um, I agree with your point about announcers. I'm not going to turn, turn on for announcer. I don't think, I mean, I enjoy Charles Barkley, but everything I consume of Charles Barkley is through social media. So I probably would have still gotten it anyways. David Faraday, I did enjoy his television show. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't always like think he was, this, like I wanted him to be funnier when he was doing his golf stuff because I thought he was hilarious when he did his TV show. Um, it does suck a little bit about um, Arlo White leaving Premier League because he's kind of one of the main voices um, for that. And I think that will probably be the biggest impact um, I think because mainly because for me to watch soccer, it's very much more about the sound than it is yep. the the actual action. Because soccer, when I watch soccer, is it's, it's above passive, but not intently. Um, if that makes sense, unless it's like a World Cup, that's different. But it, when it's and, and a lot of it just depends on the, the cadence and the, the speaking of the voice and the, the crowd and things like that. So that's. But I don't know. I just, I, I think the politics of it all, like also deters me from it. I think, you know, everything that's happened with, with the journal, the Washington Post journalist that, that was killed. I think, you know, everything that's happened kind of globally is, is just made me question it. I think even for me, like when I watch, we, you know, we just had a conversation about F1 there's a lot of, you know, that type of money in there in F1 makes me kind of question it. I think obviously there are bad people that are owners of sports teams in this country. I don't think that all of them should be allowed to have them. But I also do see in this country, at least, the sense of community that a sports team brings together. And a lot of the times it's about what the athletes do. I can pay attention more than that, more to that. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I think I would have to really be interested in golf for me to want to turn turn this live or live or however it's pronounced golf on and, and watch it. Yeah, I just, I did. 
it's interesting from a broadcast media piece because the people that have moved and, and all that thing and they've garnered attention because because top top players are moving but it's not something the masters is over now for the season for me you know maybe i'll peek in at the players man we're again we talk we're, we're in the football season it's august for me anyway and it'll be hard for me to think about even more, any golf let alone more golf you know i was just thinking about that i in fact i almost texted you about this this weekend like I was kind of bored out of my mind this weekend because I wanted like some sports to watch, but I didn't really want to watch baseball. There's nothing else on, like absolutely nothing else on, especially at this time of summer. And we've talked about this before. There's only so much bandwidth that I have in terms of watching sports. There's only so many hours of the day that I can dedicate to it. it. Chances are it's going to go football, hockey, and then maybe baseball, and then whatever else. Like it, like March Madness, like it just kind of ebbs and flows throughout the year with basketball, I guess. But I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't think I'll be watching this. Um, and like, I feel like the, the teams thing is extra gimmicky. Um, it, it, it makes it me just kind of want to be like, man. Yeah, the teams this? and the relegation, they're just adding stuff to add stuff. I mean, and it's, I appreciate from the player standpoint, you know, you're playing one less round a week, you're only playing three rounds so there's 54 which is there's your roman numeral for for live and whatever else but still it just i don't know i you know I, it's it's kind of like changing the rules it'd be changed different if they were changing the rules and it really mattered to me but if they're changing the rules on something that doesn't seem that interesting to begin with, so it is funny i was driving through the bedminster new jersey area this weekend oh, and nice. there, were, there were like those like electronic signs on the side of the road saying golf event this weekend, pay attention for traffic. There was no traffic there. There was absolutely no traffic there. I think <laughs> that's funny. I think it's going to be the big video. Um, so yeah. Very cool. All right. Moving on. Unless there's anything else you want to add. Nope. We've okay. all good. Cool. Uh, this week's old guy, young guy. Once again, brought to you by Steve. Uh, and I think it's mainly because SummerSlam was this weekend, right? Was SummerSlam and also old guy, young guy, Ric Flair, right? Wrestles his last match, wrestled his last match Sunday, right? So that really old guy, 73-year-old guy, right? Yeah. So I thought old guy, young guy, whatever. I mean, for me, that was the wrestling had one of its heydays when I was uh, late elementary, early teens, probably was one of its more relevant periods um, and has popped up again since. And it's always interesting. I, I don't, I, I don't have a sense of how that skews age-wise or not. Like it, it ebbs and flows. It feels like, and I don't know whether we're at an ebb or a flow right now, because um, I don't pay as much attention to it as I did before. So, here's know. my here's my wrestling take for you. I was not allowed to watch wrestling growing up. That was the only thing that my mom would not let me watch was wrestling. Um, I think there was probably obvious reasons because she probably didn't want me running around the house, jumping off the couch, trying to, to dive bomb. Yeah, no kidding. Whatever. Um, which is a smart move, I think, by her and, and probably saved me a few brain cells if I have any left. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of my hot take on wrestling. But that being said, I appreciate wrestling culture. I enjoy all of, like, again, something that I completely consume through social media. Like I only watch like I will, I will watch wrestling videos when they come up in my timeline, just because like something funny or interesting is going to happen in them, um, or there's going to be like a good meme out of it. Right. So I want to 
you know. But I've never been a big wrestling guy. And and I think also some of it for me is like it's fake, which I know it's not fake, but it is fake. It's you know <laughs> scripted. And I think that's that's also been it. But that being said, I love the personalities. And you brought up Ric Flair, and I think it's time for me to sell tell the Ric Flair story. Oh, you got a Ric Flair story. I can't I wait. Have a Ric Flair story. Um, I'm a friend who somehow, some way, has Ric Flair's phone number. And so for multiple times throughout the course of a Penn State football season, we will pick up the phone and call Ric Flair at a tailgate and say, Rick, is Penn State going to win today? And he, he'll, he'll go, who the hell is this? And then probably usually hang up. We have gotten the woo exactly one time. But I tell you what, it was worth it. It was 100%. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's a great story. You didn't get a pick any time? You always get hung up on? Um, you got it, a woo. That pretty much outlasts everything. Yeah, else. like the woo, I think, kind of covers it. I would say we probably called about at least seven times. And I think he's answered all time, every single time. Um, but well, then, he's, he's, yeah. Dang, I does he? If he says who it is, so he's answering the call no matter what, like no matter who calls him. Yeah, I think if you just call Ric Flair's phone, that's great. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, that was for me. The, it was phone calls that made wrestling fun in, in early in my professional career because I was writing stories in Pittsburgh about them coming to the Civic Arena and selling the place out. Right, so it was the preview stories that were in the entertainment section, and. They were great interviews. They were personable. They were wonderful. I think I've told you, told you this before. Like I, in the same week, I got a call from Stone Cold Steve Austin who called no, the office. Oh, so so we're we're doing we're doing prep for the high school football magazine at the Tribune Review. All the sports writers upstairs on an afternoon in a conference room talking about who's covering what high school team, what features we're going to do, whatever else. And some administrative assistant comes knocking on the door, sheepishly interrupting this meeting, which is like the annual like get ready for football meeting. And she's like, "Excuse me." Steve, there's a call for you downstairs from uh, Steve Austin. And like, everybody looks at me like, no, really? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm expecting a call. So I went back down and took took the call from Stone Cold Steve Austin, interrupted the meeting. Great, wonderful, you know, just great priest, you know, fun to talk to, interesting, all that cool stuff. And that same week I was doing a story, I don't know how it was on Mike Tomzak or how he was involved, but Mike Tomzak, the Steelers backup quarterback, called me at home collect from mexico to talk to me right so i'm new to the job right i've got to take the call like because this is the guy i need for the story and we're just married kids are young and and i gotta collect call from mexico on my phone bill because professional football player calls collect from mexico but pro wrestler now granted I, they were in different salary bands for sure but he calls whatever else mick Foley. no it wasn't mick foley it was um goldberg had his own 800 number so like he would call and if i missed him i missed him twice and susan talked to him once he's like i'm really sorry i keep missing him give him my 800 number but i mean i know it's scripted i know it's whatever but it's also athletic and i they were just and i'm sure there were jerks but the people that i had the pleasure of dealing I, with i've good. heard this i have heard this from multiple people who have like through the course of their journalism, sports journalism careers, have met multiple wrestlers, and every single one of them says they're they're the, some of the nicest people that you will meet. Like the most down to earth, like actually very normal people that you will meet. It's just they go turn on a switch that makes them 
absolutely insane to smash two beers together and pour all of them down their shoulders. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was fun to do. I, I've been in person in late high school, early college. I forget in Maryland at some small little gym, Frederick Community College. I went and saw an NWA show at at Frederick Community College. Um, And then we were in Vegas once for a conference. And I think I got tickets from a PR guy from WWE or WCW who knew I was in town for like a conference and was like, well, if you guys want to come to the show, like, here you go. Right. And I was like, okay, let's free night out. Like, we'll go check it out, see what's going on. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's usually an entertaining night out. It's been a while, but, and I don't, you know, I'll peek every once in a while on social media to see what's going on. Um, and it was just top of mind this this weekend, SummerSlam, and with the Flair's last deal, and luckily he didn't die in the ring. Like, you know, yeah, it was just interesting. So cool. Yeah. You call Rick Flair. That's better. That's 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 the best story of the night. Yeah. Calling Rick Flair from the Penn State tailgate. So maybe, maybe sometime if you swing over to the tailgate, we can see if we can get Rick Flair's. Well, the dog will have to go for walks this fall, so that'll be great. Sure. We can do that. All right. Um anything else, Steve? It was good. It was a good episode. Covered a lot. Quick, quick tonight. Um, yeah, else. Uh, let's see. We've got a podcast, which you're listening to. Uh, it has, it is posted on various podcasting services. On those services, if you could like it and five-star it and all that, that would be great. Um, we've got an email. It's stuff summer says podcast at gmail.com. We've got Twitter handles. Mine is at Stuff Summer Says. Yours is at Steve Sampson. Uh, let's go. Uh, you can go wrestle and we'll smash together some beers. I saw that happen at a wedding this uh, last August. One <laughs> of the bridesmaids in Danny's wedding entered. She and her date entered the the reveal yeah. at the reception with that. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great move. I I have seen it done multiple times, and I think I think it shows the goes to show how much our art generation appreciates Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I dedicate this episode to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Thanks to you, bud. Bye.